There's a, uh, uh, dead man in a wheelbarrow out there. Yeah. I didn't do that. You do this? I did this because they did that. What, are you gonna puke? Not gonna... Hey, do not leave your DNA for the police, all right? Just... Hey, don't do... Hey! Give me a second! Said you wanted to be the guidance system, right? Well... So what happens when the missile goes off? Guess you never thought about that, did you? Smells more than I thought. Get used to it. I'd rather not. This life's a little easier staring at a computer screen, huh? Now you get in that van, and let's go. What about him? Not our problem. All this, you're taking the Mustang? Always by American. Welcome to Panels to Pixels. This is episode four. Uh, my co-host tonight will be Steve Brown. Tonight's episode is Netflix Punisher episode four, Resupply. Thank you, Steve, for coming out. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good. So, uh, what do you, what do you feel about this episode? Uh, What was it about? Uh, Well, I have a. I I actually put down a few sentences here. So, uh, uh, the way I I phrased it is: uh, Punisher is looking for guns and ammo. Uh, Madani is still investigating uh, Wolf's murder. Uh, Her and her partner are uh, going after the same guns that Frank and Micro are trying to get a hold of. And uh, like I said earlier. I really, when I first saw this episode, I thought of it as a filler episode, but upon rewatching it today a couple of times, uh, I realized there's a whole lot more in it than just that. It's not just the search for guns and ammo. It's not just the the uh, uh, moving of pieces together. It's it, There really are some very pivotal things that we find out in this episode and that happen here that we get to see um going forward that move the story forward more cool yeah it's it did seem to move forward in some ways with the the respect of uh madani oh we got to know her a little bit more and what she was looking for uh and on top of that you have uh i what i saw was more of a relationship between frank and micro and Lewis, and a little bit more of a breakdown of uh, Lewis and uh, how he was going, uh, especially with his family. You know, he he was constantly looking at his family throughout this episode and how Frank was interacting, and it was kind of like he felt that Frank had something that he did not, uh, even though Frank is listed dead, but and so is Micro, or Lewis, so now Frank has the attention of his wife, but he has that interaction, and he's feeling like, "Oh, I want that." All I could do, yeah, is he's feeling a left out, yeah, yeah. So, and then on top of that, they need the weapons, and then on top of that, like I, like you said, uh, Madani's looking for uh, her former boss's killer, which was Frank. Technically. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's interesting that at the end. Uh, not to jump ahead too far, but at the end, he's very open about admitting to her that oh, he that he yeah. killed Wolf. Like he doesn't even bat an eyelash, really. He just kind of tells her, "You bet your ass, I did," you know. And uh, uh, so she now that's that kind of is closed out almost because now she's got to figure out why. And that's the other thing that we see in this episode is is we get a little glimpse into, and this this kind of goes into my top five a little bit. Um, we get a glimpse of Frank's code, his uh, what this actually is, what this this code really is, and it's interesting that conversation he has with Micro about Micro's family, where he says it's leverage on you. But I, I think as I started, as I rewatched that today, the more and more I, I watched that scene, I think. Because Micro knows what Frank's code is, and he knows that he would never hurt his family. So the only reason uh, Frank would be uh, watching his family or watching his family for leverage would be because of the people who think Micro is dead. I, it was it was a little confusing, uh, but I just I didn't see Frank as as threatening 
the first time I watched it, it was like he was threatening Micro's family, but I don't think that's what it was. Uh, I didn't get that at all, really, as far as, like, Frank threatening his family. I think he was just using it to say... It was Frank's way of showing his compassion in some ways because he's helping uh, Lewis's family. And uh, and then you're seeing it through Lewis's eyes where he's Lieberman. threatening... Lieberman's eyes. Lewis, Lewis is the other army oh. guy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, that's micro. Right. I, yeah, micro. <laughs> right, right. Lieber, so, he's Lieberman. Yeah. Lieberman, sorry. Right. So basically, uh, I, I see it as, uh, you know, it's like... Micro is seeing it as kind of like Frank's trying to take that away from him. And it's okay. not really that that way at all. If you look at it, Frank's just being nice. He's trying to help out. He's trying he cares for them and he also sees it from Micro's eyes, but the thing is is that he doesn't know how to read Micro. He's not sure what's going on or it's it's he's trying to help him out and get him on the job as it were <laughs> kind of like yeah, that, somebody that in his could group. Be, I, I think, I think that's some of it too. And it's also just the fact that he, I think he realized in this episode and, and we're going to see more of it moving forward as you get, go through other episodes, but we see that, that his wife still has feelings for him. She still, um, she doesn't really want to talk bad about him because as soon as Frank says something about, you know, your your old man left you in the lurch with not fixing this stuff. She really goes on the defensive about that uh, and, and saying, you don't know him. You don't know anything about him or our relationship. And exactly. suddenly Frank is taken aback because he realizes that this woman, even though her husband is – she believes her husband is dead, she still has those feelings and she's still going to defend him. And so he suddenly apologizes yeah. You know, for saying what he said. So I like that. That scene, that interaction between him and the wife is is really good in this episode. Oh, especially when Frank takes it aback and he's like, whoa, <laughs> this yeah. is not good. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the interaction between him and uh, Micro's kids, too, is awesome. Lieberman's yeah, kids isn't it? It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is how you fix a foster kid, this and that and the other. And it's like, oh, he's looking and at And it's him. kind of a gender a gender reversal there kind of thing, too, in that the son, you know, is the one who he's sending upstairs. And then it's the daughter who's actually under the sink trying to fix it. And, yeah. and he jumps in there to help her. So it's an interesting gender reversal there of what we normally see. Not, not I don't want to be people thinking I'm saying that females can't work with their hands or do the. Obviously not. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but it, it is an interesting uh, switch there that we see the son. You know, even the mother says, "Yeah, he's being a little ass," uh, you know, kind of thing. And then the daughter is the one who's in there trying to fix the the garbage disposal. So it's it's interesting. Well, it, it's definitely great, though. It's like, to me, if uh, when I saw that, it just reminded me of my nieces. But honestly, there are going to be teenagers watching the show, on, honestly. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it shows that, you know, uh, a girl can do these things. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and some guys could be, like, a little bit, like, nah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't want to do that kind of thing. You know, I think that's an interesting thing to, to go, as we go back to this, is just that, that transition of the fact that, and I think we talked about this in the last episode, is that Frank doesn't have anybody to go back to. No. Mike does, and and he, even though right now he doesn't see any way that he could ever go back with his family, you know, um, he's, it's still there. And I think Frank recognizes that is that this guy, there's the chance that this guy can get back with his family, whereas there's no chance for me uh, to get back with my family. Like, my family's gone. His is still existing. Exactly. Uh, so it's an interesting uh, dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, it definitely is. He, uh, uh, I'm loving that whole dynamic, but the thing is is that Frank never realizes of what he has now. He still has somebody around him. Um kind of uh what what was her name? Uh from Daredevil. Uh Oh, Karen Page. Karen yeah, Page. and I I wondered about that, about that relationship because they really there there's there seemed to be as I rewatched uh 
the third episode several times before we talked about it, there really seemed to be a really good uh, dynamic between the two of them that I didn't pick up with her and Daredevil, even though I think there there was a, a I, mean, I can't remember if I I can't remember now from Daredevil if there was any kind of romantic relationship between her and and him. But really, she and, and Frank seem to have a better chemistry uh, to me, and maybe that was just the writing or, or something in the last episode. But that really seemed to be a better uh, romantic type of uh, situation there that they yeah. chemistry that they had together. Definitely. Uh, to me, I got that. And uh, it, it seemed to me it's like, oh, OK, we're the normal people. We're regular. We don't have powers. We don't have superhuman stuff. Right. Frank's just a regular guy. She's just a regular ga- uh, gal. Uh, uh, Frank's specialty is just surviving and doing what he does best in what he was trained to do. And, right. And right. he's just dealing with the oldest PTSD and using it for the benefit of for other people. Exactly. And, and, and to doing the right. Uh, now, mind you, it could be considered the wrong thing to do the right, but yeah. it's you know it's like. <laughs> You know, it's kind of like the Deadpool uh, or the Punisher ideal of the anti-hero. Well, yeah, know, well, doing exactly. heroic things <laughs> that are bad, but you know, it's for the good. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes into my into my notes. Uh, what? How did how did uh, uh, Micro say it? He said, "You rob badass Peter uh, so you can pay Psycho Paul or something exactly. like that." <laughs> yep. You know. Oh, we don't do we don't do to any good people. You know, we don't want to put money out there to the bad guys, but we are gonna do this bad stuff. You know, so it's an interesting. But yeah, once we get into our top five, I'll get more into to that uh, that idea. I think. Oh well, we should actually roll into our top five. There you go. All right, so our top five will start. Go ahead. I think I started last time, so you can start this time. Uh, my top five, uh, my number five will be, uh, Madani's efforts to find her superior's killer. Uh, thinking the Greek, the, the Greeks had something to do with it. Uh, they were talking about the Greeks, uh, some sort of, uh, gang or something that was going on. And her Yeah, that was interesting. I wasn't sure how that played into her investigation. If it was, I actually thought that was just a whole side thing that didn't have anything to do with, with Wolf being killed maybe maybe she thought it did but you know at the be- at the very beginning when she goes in uh, when her partner comes in to talk to her she's got it up on a screen you can see it's kind of out of focus but you can see see thomas howell's picture yep. on her computer that she's obviously still trying to figure this out and then he starts talking about the greeks and all she wants to talk about is is wolf's murder and he's like no no we need to talk about this gun running operation that's that's going on um, and then, I, in fact, I had it as one of my notes that quote that her partner says that he was a good cop for a dirty cop, uh, <laughs> you know. So I thought that was an interesting way of of looking at it. Of and if you ever watched, I never watched the Shield, um, but there, there's kind of there was definitely a, a Shield esque kind of vibe to that understanding that hey, this guy's a, a he's a bad guy, but he's he's still a good cop. Yeah, you know. Yeah, kind of like Michael Chiklis looking into people and then not really looking into himself. Right, right, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Or uh, um, I'm, you know, Harvey Keitel in in Bad Lieutenant that he's trying to serve, he's trying to to solve a a murder while he's doing drugs and killing other people, you know, yeah, Uh, kind of thing. So, cool. That's good, Um, and that that plays. That plays kind of into to one of mine. My number five was what we were talking about earlier about this. Uh, uh, Micro says, you know, is it a code? Is it an ethos? What is it? And we're still not clear as to what exactly Frank's code is. We know that he doesn't want to hurt good people, but he's okay with killing a cop if it's a dirty cop. And and so it's it's that's an interesting, and I'm not sure how that plays into in the comic book. Uh, we may talk about that in the the comic book section a little bit more because I, I think in the comics he's he's very much uh, he tries to avoid hurting police, but I don't remember uh, enough. So yeah, that was my my number five. Really was just this whole code 
that we still don't know exactly what Frank's what Frank's is or what the exactly what it is. I think you know, like I said, I, I think uh, Ma, uh, Micro calls it. Is it a mantra? Is it a code? Is it an ethos? What is it? So that was that was kind of mine. Is that that whole idea of, and that may play out further into the series, or may we may even get more into it in the second season, maybe. Yeah, it yeah. definitely will. They, they're still trying to grow on the character itself, so it's just a matter of... I, I think when you see this season, it's him forming himself into who he's supposed to be. Yeah. Very much like how Daredevil was in the very beginning. Nobody saw mm-hmm. that coming. You didn't see the the actual red <clears throat> suit until the right. very end. Until the end, so, right. I forgot about that. And then come the second season, it was more of him dealing with his past... Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then molding into what he had to become, and then of course right. it it led into the defenders because by then the end of you know spoilers second season of Daredevil he didn't want to do it anymore. Right. But the thing was he was forced to do it in Defenders. So okay. I, I have a funny feeling that this is just more of an evolution of Frank of being the Punisher and out how it's supposed to be. So okay. I wouldn't be surprised come second season we're going to see full-on more aggressive Punisher and a little bit more of the story behind Frank and how he's coping. And he might okay. have a little friends behind his side. But we don't know until we get to the end of the season to see where that's going. So, uh, you know, I, we should really get to uh, my number four. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. My number four was uh, Micro getting into Frank's mind and Frank getting into Micro's, uh, changing the gun, you know. He he was actually cleaning out uh, Micro's gun, saying, hey, and he was relating it to, oh, this is how you treat a dog. He goes, is that my gun? How did you get my gun? And he goes, well, you don't treat it right, and this and that. You know, you don't put down, you know, you don't take a dog in and not clean it and not take it out to go to the bathroom. And he goes, that's going on and on and on. And it basically is showing him. It was like you know he, he goes, oh, I just use that for show. He goes, you don't use that. You, you don't use a dog for show. You have the dog. You have to treat the dog correctly. <laughs> this and that. There was like this whole conversation about treating your weapon. Uh, how Frank saw his weapon and how it was and it was part of him. Uh, how you treat a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Basically educating Micro, and it's like, to me, that was like, all right, they're getting along. It's kind yeah. of a rapport where they're, okay, this is them coming together. This is like, okay, these two characters are coming together, and you're starting to see this is their friendship. This is their way of being together and to do the common good for whatever they want to do. So, nice. Yeah, it's just it, it's it, you 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 know that that's going to come up more and more later on. Yeah, and it's something that it gives you a laugh and a chuckle, but you know that it's something that's endearing to both of them. But they yeah. won't admit. Yeah. <laughs> I like that whole thing with Micro goes. Well, I don't shoot the kid or the dog. I'm the kid in this in this in this scenario, right? In this metaphor, you know, uh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, for me, my number four uh, was was Madani's. Uh, her tactical expertise we really haven't haven't seen that until now that we suddenly see her turn into this this tactician you know where she analyzes her partner's um or i guess underling now she analyzes his plan his tactical plan and goes well th- you know your snipers are in the wrong spot and you need to have a dedicated calm frequency for the snipers beyond the follow team and nobody needs to talk to you know it was it was really interesting to see her kind of go into that mode of your guys are in the wrong position they need to be here here and here and uh, then the guy says well did i get anything right and and that was her saying well i'm trying to be the supervisor, but really we saw that tech, tactical expertise uh, of hers suddenly stand out. That she's not only an investigator, she's also got this tactician kind of mind. Yeah, she she definitely is in on looking into what's going on. What's you know, what, you know, you could see the gears are growing, <laughs> they mm-hmm. keep rolling around, and they're uh, grueling around trying to figure out what's going on. So she's 
very prominent what's going on in the, the actual show. I, I think that she's going to be very important later on. Yeah. So, uh, so your number three, my number three, uh, that would be Anvil's recruitment and how they treated Lewis <laughs> and how the, uh, how they affected him. You know, I don't, I don't know if you saw that, but you know, Lewis was, you know, he dug himself a foxhole in the very beginning of the mo- the show. Sorry. Lewis. Yeah. But, and then he's living in there and then, uh, Frank's old partner from the wartime was he brings him out, talks to him, this and that, points it out to him saying, hey, I'm hearing that you're digging a foxhole, this and that, how do I feel? And then he go, you know, Lewis starts to get into discussion saying, oh, this is how this country feels about me. You want to put me to clean latrines and this and that? This is how they respect yeah. me. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. It, it, it's just very interesting to me. It's just like it's showing that Anvil wants to do something, but there's they're not seeing exactly how they should care for those guys that they're hiring. <clears throat> yeah, it, that was an interesting scene to me because it would I mean, I, I'm not a counselor or anything, but you would think. It, it seemed to me, and this kind of plays into what my number three is, because my number three is that Curtis uh, still thinks he can redeem Lewis, because he he tells Bill, he says to you know when Bill says, well, what am I? What's going to happen to him when I cut him loose? Because Bill recognizes that that Lewis needs this. Hey, Lewis may need to go back into the field. It may be the best thing for him. It's what he's trained for. It's what he's. It's what he knows how to do. And Curtis is like, no, we need to get him integrated back into society, not throw him back into the war. I think that's what Curtis is looking at. And that was my number three was that whole that Curtis is trying to redeem Lewis in that because, like I said, he tells Bill when Bill says what's going to happen to him when I throw him out. Curtis says, well, you do what you do and then I'll take over from there. And Curtis is going to kind of try to reel him in is the the uh, impression that he, that he's given. And but what happens especially with that conversation lewis has with bill is that he realizes that curtis is the one who tanked him getting that job mm. and uh so so yeah that's an interesting thought that curtis has enough influence with bill to say don't hire this guy but yet bill doesn't really acknowledge that when he talks to lewis he tries to get lewis to understand that no this is my decision to cut you loose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really <laughs> weird, interesting conversation that I saw there. And I was just like, wow, this is interesting. Yeah, I, I, I really liked it. Uh, the thing was is that, you know, it's all about manipulation and the way that company is. What is Anvil doing? Yeah, because at first when he's first talking to those guys, and he's got them all lined up and he says, you know, were you were – you, the country spent fifty thousand dollars training you, and then if you were special forces, that's another hundred and fifty thousand. If you were a corpsman, that's another two hundred thousand, or or whatever the, the numbers are. And it almost sounds like he's he's bringing together a mercenary corps that he's that he's trying to recruit. You know, he's trying to find these guys who are. And Lewis is like the perfect one would fit exactly into the mold of what he wants you would think and i actually put that in my my notes is that what's the difference between frank and lewis because really they're they're very similar maybe not quite lewis may not be quite as well trained as frank is but he definitely has some of the same qualities and my answer was that it comes down to the differences between what did I write? Hold on. Uh, it's the differences is is uh, loyalty and the code is we haven't yet seen because as soon as Bill tells him he's he's not going to get the job, he immediately turns on Curtis. There's no loyalty there to Curtis as a brotherhood. And in fact, he walks away saying something about screw the brotherhood or or something like that and frank is definitely about 
the loyalty and the brotherhood, and then Frank has that code. And, and if you remember back uh, at that episode we last talked about, uh, where Frank Coldcocks the uh, the high command mm-hmm. in the eye, it was all about loyalty. Right. That was that was that whole thing. It's like you know Frank has that loyalty, but guess who to, who becomes the turncoat? Curtis. Yeah. And. And that's the one thing. It's like, and then what? Now Curtis is starting to see this in him and trying to steer him in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And that's like I said. That's it's kind of an interesting kind of thing to see what happens. What's uh, what's going to happen moving moving on uh, with him? So, yeah. yeah, it's it's really interesting. The the way the the everything plays out is you you start to see things come back around. Mm-hmm. The only difference is is that Frank's on the opposing side. And Curtis is on the other side. Right, right. And, uh, you know, it's like kind of times have changed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, and and that's interesting, too, because Curtis hasn't tried. He's he's kind of tried to coax uh, Frank into the group, but he really hasn't pushed him to get into the group. Whereas with with Lewis, he's taking an active role in trying to involve him and, like I said, integrate him kind of back into society where maybe Curtis just feels that Frank is a lost cause. I'm not sure, but it's, it's interesting. You, you would think he would be actively trying to integrate Frank back in being his close friend. Yeah. So that's, that's well, an interesting. Well, if you look at it now, it's like uh, Curtis doesn't even know that Frank's still alive. So, no, Curtis. Curtis knows. No, Curtis knows he's alive. Bill doesn't know he's alive. Oh, okay. But Curtis is the one who's been talking to him. Oh, and all right, all right. I'm, thinking, I'm. I'm getting backwards. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 Bill. Bill was the one. Yeah. So Bill was the one I was trying to convince Lewis. That's right. So, yeah. And, yeah. But uh, the thing is, is that Bill can never. If you think about it, when go back a bit, when you saw. Frank talking about, you know, the you know, he was like, Oh, I gotta go see the boss. He was yeah. constantly thinking about the real world and what's going right. on. Getting home. Getting home. And now mind and you, now, Lewis is home but wants to get back in. That's and, interesting. And he you know, and then Bill's like, No, and he's trying to integrate him in some way and saying, Hey, this doesn't look good for the other guys, this and that and the other uh, you're you're digging a foxhole, uh, you know. It's like, do these guys feel comfortable about being with you, being doing these stuff, you know, all this stuff at home that you're doing, and you know, are they going to be able to trust you? The thing is, is like, it's very much almost like what Frank would be doing if he was mm-hmm. playing that same role. Yeah, yeah. If Frank was still in, if he didn't have his wife and kids, but was in the real world and was trying to live. And didn't have this mission of, which is is going to be interesting. That's the only problem that I foresee with uh, the TV show as opposed to like the comic book. Because the comic book, he's got this very very wide mission of getting rid of uh, bad guys altogether. Yeah, he and he's very and not in, in the comic. Yeah, right. And he and but he he focuses on one and then he moves on to the next. And we're going to have to see how is that going to play out in the TV world as far as how they're going to do that. Because, you know, it, presumably he's going to finish out this season by finishing this mission. And then, okay, where's the next mission going to come from? And where's the next mission going to come from after that? Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it, it moves into the next season and, and if we see this mission. This mission is obviously going to come to some sort of conclusion um we saw in Daredevil even he had a little bit of a of closure in that he killed the colonel and then he finds out in this one that Wolf actually ordered his wife and kids killed and so he kills Wolf and so now he's moving on to kind of the next uh, section and so is it going to become a thing where every season we're going to have a new person who goes, oh, no, I was the one who actually ordered and, and ordered your wife, you know, or are we going to move on to different missions? It's, it's interesting to see because I, I, I don't know if you ever watched the TV show Burn Notice 
on uh, on USA. But that was my only my big my big issue with that show was every every season it seemed like he found somebody else who was involved in getting him burned from his getting his cover burned. It was like every every season there was another big bad guy. Oh no, this isn't the ultimate bad guy. This is the ultimate bad guy. And then the next season, oh no, this is the ultimate bad guy. And so I hope I hope we don't get that in Punisher. I hope they they find a way to to make it fresh and new. And don't just keep going to oh no this is the bad guy you know yeah that's that's the one thing that always stayed <clears throat> way away from burn notice but it kept me intrigued because of all the like cool things that they would do within the show <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah yeah there was a lot of stuff in, in burn notice was a good show it just like that was the one thing that perturbed me about it and I hope that's not what happens in in Punisher yeah so yeah I, I always liked uh, I always liked Bruce Campbell as Sam and uh, yeah yeah. And Jeff as uh, the main character. It, it was to me, it was like awesome, but you know, it's like, you know, you don't, you only get so many of those shows. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there's not, there's not a lot of those, those, those shows that can captivate you uh, from week to week and show you something new each, each time. So it was like the MacGyver of its time. Um, sure i'll give it i'll give it that you know yeah using telephone using telephone books in the the car doors in the car panels to make it bulletproof and things like that you know that's it was interesting interesting stuff so uh so i think that gets us to our number two sure uh my number two was uh frank saving madani and then wanting her to stay out of his way yeah yeah to me that it was like that that whole car chase and then going into that and then at the the very outcome of that you know uh, yeah <laughs> Mike were getting his hands dirty <laughs> yeah finally <laughs> yeah to me it's like wow it's like he actually saved her and then said here and then she goes you are alive and he goes yeah I am alive and you are Frank Castle and then and then he was like get out of my way stay out of my way and right I'm just gonna do that's gonna that's do. interesting that it shows that she is more again just like the beginning showing us the tactical side of her it also shows that she's more she's involved in more things than just she's not totally focused on just her whatever her investigation is hmm. um but i i, I guess frank was because he was part of the unit wasn't he that that they were trying to to investigate so that's how she would have known that uh, that he was okay okay yeah, no, she wasn't. It wasn't as quite as off the off the numbers for her to recognize Frank. Uh, now that I think about it, I hadn't thought about that uh, until now. Um, that kind of plays into one of mine, which was her car. She had a great car. I don't know if it was Eleanor from the Gone in sixty seconds um, because they don't ever identify it directly. But uh, that was a great car she had, and that's uh, very sad what happened to it. You know, um, uh, yeah, I, I really loved the cars in that, though, especially when they were grabbing it. And he was just like, you know, it's like him and Micro were there and Frank <laughs> walks over and he goes, he goes, oh, you're going to grab that? And he goes, yeah, I always get American. Always buy American. Yeah, <laughs> I actually had that quote in my in my notes, always buy American. I really like that because uh, and that's why I, I think I tend to think that that what she had was a Mustang because that's what he took was a Mustang. And so she had some type of Mustang uh, uh, of what, what it was. So uh, and that like that. Charger. Uh, it, yeah, it uh, didn't exactly have that charger look to it, but it could have been. I don't know. Yeah, Dodge it's... Challenger. Who knows? I, I didn't really get a good look at it, but to, you know, honestly, I like those muscle cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was cool. I even tried to look it up online, and even online, people weren't clear as to what exactly her car was. You know, we we know. I mean, we you can see that Frank has got one of the new Mustangs, and that red Mustang that he gets, but her car, like I said, I looked it up online and you can't even, not even online. People know exactly what car it was. Um, but that plays into what my number two was in that it was, it was cool to see what may become the war wagon. Cause that was one of my, uh, things that I liked about the Punisher comic book 
And, uh, in fact, even in, uh, I mentioned those books, uh, the Mac Bolin books with, from, uh, from the seventies, he had his own kind of war wagon. It was a van that he drove around and that had his, 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 uh, you know, guns and ammo in it. And we see that when he tells Mike, I mean, you look at this, you look in this chop shop, which that comes out of the blue too, because we have no clue what was going on there. Uh, those guys were interrogating, Apparently, the guy that runs the chop shop looking for something that I don't know they you know they they never reveal what that whole what was going on there, yeah. and you have all these these muscle cars and Lamborghinis and things like that, and then there's a van in the back, and you know <laughs> there's like one van among all these sports cars, and okay, you know it's kind of a little heavy handed there on the that idea if they'd shown more vans, maybe we could have uh, could have bought it a little better, but it was it was cool that he says you know he says to Michael you you get the van and I'll take this car. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I think that might have been just a callback to the actual comic saying, "Hey, this is eventually where it's going to go to." <laughs> right. Yeah, what we're going to see him in, and in fact, in the first episode uh, when it shows him driving, I guess it was an SUV actually in the first episode. I thought that's what that was supposed to be. That that was going to be the war wagon uh, kind of thing that he was in at the very beginning when he's running down those biker guys in the first episode. Uh, but of course we never, we never saw that again. And so now he's, but now he's got the van. So eh, at least they got the van. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let me go to number one, which actually leads to the actual chase itself. Oh my God. That was really awesome to watch. Cause amazing. Yeah. I, I, I'm a, a fan of those shows uh, and those movies. I loved Gone in sixty, Gone in sixty seconds. I loved Vanishing Point, and I loved Wow, Vanishing Point. Yeah, Whew. Vanishing Point, the original. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know that that it, you know Kowalski is. Uh, I'm sorry that that is the best car chase known to man on movie. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> But uh, I, <laughs> okay, I, okay, we could argue about Bullet and French Connection, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you have this one because uh, Vanishing Point is is a great movie, especially that original, and it's the the it's the whole movie. But yeah, it's a it's a good one. But you know, you still you can't really turn your back on Bullet and French Connection because those are two. Oh no, just, I, I'm, not, I'm not. But my my favorite is yes. Vanishing Point. <laughs> Sorry, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Uh, and that's a that whole that whole chase scene is really good the only and and this is going to kind of play into future episodes when they talk about it it just kind of surprises me that she was the only car they got there was literally no other cars now i understand they said that at the beginning the tactical you know when she was talking at the beginning she was very clear that she wanted the follow car and only the follow car to be involved in in that in that sequence and that the every other law enforcement was told to stay out of it but it's it just seems a little strange that the arrest team wasn't close enough uh to what was going on to join in that chase that it ended up just being her yeah yeah definitely uh, it, it, it's like it seemed too open is what yeah. you're saying yeah yeah i, I it's like, all right, they uh, let's clear the the streets and <laughs> let's go from yeah. there. You know, I yeah. Know. There's nobody else literally, out, and then especially for Micro to be able to double back uh, to hit her car, and and there was a sequence there that I still that I I tried to rewatch it before we started recording um, earlier, but I didn't get a chance when she's chasing Frank. And then somehow Micro gets away because, you know, Frank says to Micro, says, you get to the highway, I'll let her, you know, I'll lead her away. And then we cut to a few scenes later and she and Frank are now driving at each other uh, in this kind of chicken kind of sequence. And then Micro micro hits the car and and, uh, and wraps up the, the... the show the episode uh it just it the ending of that i mean as much as i love that that whole chase the ending is kind of awkward to me just the way it was edited and i've been so impressed with the editing in this show before but that 
that that sequence there kind of kind of got me a little quizzical about well how, how what how did he get yeah where did you he, know how did he, how did he get there and why are they facing each other now uh, right. why yeah. why did yeah, why did why did Frank let himself get into a dead end if that's what if that's what it was you know it just it just was a little little awkward the way they 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 stopped it but it's still it's a great scene yeah, it might be on uh, the extended DVD version who knows we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that that chase part was my number one. Uh, okay, what did you have? Uh, that you know that that, that just the car, her car was my <laughs> was my number one. Um, I I like those. Like I'm with you. I like those old muscle cars. I like those movies. The Gone in sixty seconds. The the Vanishing Point. Um, all those kind of kind of things. I I really like those those movies and those things and and you know, here in here in Oklahoma we have the TV show Street Outlaws where they're always they've always got different muscle cars that they're racing and stuff and so I hear a lot about those uh those muscle cars so I, I really liked that whole just her car uh I liked it the first time we saw it when she drove into the the parking garage and then you know now uh if you remember the the movie from the 80s or the 90s whenever it was uh, Cobra with Sylvester Stallone yeah uh, and he had that car, uh, you know, so all those, those kind of movies that, that kind of give that car thing, uh, it's, it's really cool. Uh, well, you know, think of the interceptor from Mad Max too, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, that's awesome as well. <clears throat> exactly. It's, it's stuff we grew up with, you know, we, we loved all that stuff like Knight Rider and the Duke mm-hmm. of Hazzard and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's it, it's one of those things. Where is as a kid, you know, you just love cars and you just want yeah. to have that car. It's like the yep. Batmobile was the best thing because you know how many iterations of those did we have? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, from from Adam West to Michael Keaton to Christian Bale, all the different the different one and the, all the different ones in between that we've uh, that we've seen. Yeah, yeah, it's love. amazing. Yeah, it's like uh, comics have gone into such a more of a medium now where like you just look around and there it is <laughs> yeah 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 uh well did you have anything else that uh no that was about it uh wasn't much this week that i was thinking about talking about uh haven't really seen much too much in comic news uh no not too much uh, i had a couple things i wanted to add before we wrap up is that i i love the line the uh when at the very at the beginning when madani is talking to her supervisor and he says you don't need a babysitter you just uh, just a priority check mm-hmm. i kind of like that i like that line and then uh and this kind of plays plays into probably some of what uh, of your nephew your nephew i don't know what his reasoning was for for joining but for me there's there's a line when bill is is walking through those those guys and he says that we joined up to have our lives not be gray and i, I really liked that because th- that idea of the the black and white the the and that's you know when i i joined the military in 1989 and i joined because i, I wanted to serve my country yeah. and uh that was that was my my idea was i didn't want to live a life that just meant nothing i wanted to have have some meaning and that's what that whole Part of that whole thing that he's talking about is about. Um, so I really liked that 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 concept, that idea of him walking through those guys, reminding them of why they had done what they did. I, I really really enjoyed that. So, but that was all I had for the episode. I'm I'm kind of with you. I looked for some news. Um, the only thing I could find was I, I think it was during a, one of the comic one of the Comic Con or, or one of the the, the convention panels. Uh, John Bernthal was talking about who he'd like to work with um, in future things, and he talked about in the Defenders. I guess he'd love to to work with Daredevil again and and uh, work with Jessica Jones, Christian uh, uh, Ritter, yeah, uh, that that character, that actress. And there was another one I just saw before we started recording. They talked about him wanting to work with with somebody that some other actor that he'd love to to work with in the future. So uh, okay. that was really I didn't really see anything else new. Uh, we've already talked about the fact that it's been renewed for a second season, so it is going to come back. Um, 
yeah, well, it is the new year, so everything is still ready to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of, lot of movies to look forward to. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I, I've got, I've got Movie Pass, and I still haven't used it. I'm so horrible. <laughs> so I hear them talking about it on the, on the, 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 the Patreon call and on the, in the different groups and stuff that, yeah. that we're both involved in. And I've just, I've got it. I've just never actually used it yet. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm one of those one that, ones that Jason keeps talking about. That it, I think he's said it a couple times. He said, I don't think this thing is going to last unless they have a lot of people who do it and don't use it. <laughs> and, so. I, I have not really gotten a chance to actually get into it completely, and I'm really uh, bad about that. But uh, mainly for the fact that I haven't had much time with the holiday season. If, yeah. if I had gotten that before <clears throat> the holiday season, I would not have used it. I would have right. maybe used it maybe two or three times. And that's not really worth it to me. I I really need to jump back into it. I'm hoping yeah. it, it's gonna settle down and I actually could do something more and more. And if I could get into it, it'd be awesome because I would really like to be like Ben back and see like one movie five times. You know? Yeah, to me that would be awesome. Yeah, it's like, according you know, to my according to my nephews and my my sister's ex husband, uh, it works great. They use it all the time. You know. And they they go see all sorts. Her ex husband was lives there in Idaho. It's a weird. That's a whole weird thing that I'm not going to try to get into. But uh, he lives in Idaho now. Uh, and so when we went there to visit over the break. He was talking about this movie pass, and that he'll go to movies that he doesn't even want to watch just to use it. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Ben had mentioned that he went to go see a movie. He wasn't liking it. Uh, he he was skeptical. I was skeptical about it. And then he went to go see it and tells me he goes, ah, it wasn't that good. Yeah, uh, that was downsizing, and I was just like, I really wanted to see that, and he goes, Ah, dude, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, eventually, I'll probably see it, but the thing was, is that okay? I might not just jump to the theater to go see it. Yeah, but, I wanted to see that one, and uh, once I heard kind of the negative reviews about it, I was like, Eh, I'll wait till it comes out on video. On yeah, you know, yeah, it, <laughs> it was like Gulliver Travels with you know Jack Black again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but the only difference is it's more of a social commentary than anything. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it was meant to be like, oh, it's like, oh, we'll miniaturize ourselves, and then we won't have to the cost effect of uh, of life. You know, it's like the the cost of living is not as much because if you buy this bottle of liquor, it lasts you like three months to a year. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you're so small, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is like, you know, it's like, okay, uh, all right, and then land is so cheap because you're only, you know, doing like maybe five inches worth of land and, and all this other nonsense. To me, it's like, okay, I, I really don't know. I would like, yeah. to, I would like to see it, and I, you know, eventually I will, but... The, there are other movies. I, I to me, I'm just looking forward to all the stuff that I like and I'm more interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the the money getters for me. It's like, oh, okay, I want to go see Infinity Wars. I want to go see all these other films that I just yeah. want to go see because I've been anticipating them. You know, right? Yeah, there, there, there's only so many movies out there, and. Uh, this is the downtime of the year, so obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this. Only well, it, we're in that we're we're in that that time period now. Where we're going to get more movies that are trying to get Oscars, and uh, I I do want to see the the Christian Bale one that's coming out, Hostiles. That looks uh, at least for what the trailer says, the the reviewers like it. So we'll see. Yeah. That one I may go see, but uh, but yeah, this is that time of year when everybody's trying to get an Oscar. So yeah. It, it's... It's that time of the year when everybody wants to get an Oscar, and then on top of that, everybody's just like, uh, we're kind of burnt from like whatever it was before the mm-hmm. holidays. Right. And yeah, it's like, to me, I still want to go see, but I have not seen it listed in the theaters by me, was uh, The Disaster Artist. Yeah, I, I want to see that. I, I'm I'm torn because so many people have said so many good things about it, and I watched The Room. A long time ago, uh, I watched it just because people said how bad it was, and uh, so. But I've also heard people say that you don't need to to have watched the room to enjoy Disaster Artists. So yeah, that's what I was told too. But I had seen the room, and <laughs> all because that Mar- Ross Marquand made fun of me. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is fun. I heard that story. I was just listening to the, the listener, uh, uh, the Patreon call from last month. <laughs> 
yeah. uh, finally getting around to. I was traveling on the day uh, that that was recorded, so. Yeah, he was like, "Hi, Mark." I was like, uh, "Huh?" I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "I wouldn't have got it either because I've only watched it once." So. I was like, "I only watched it once too," and I was like, "And that was so long ago." And I'm like, "Okay, what the hell are you talking?" It's like over my head. I'm bald. Yeah. It just like flew by me, just off my head. And he's, he's like, he goes, "Oh, you didn't see the disaster artist?" I'm like, no. Did you see the room? I'm like, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Go. <laughs> he goes, how? I was like, uh, I don't know, probably cable or something. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, I think I got it on. I think I got the disc on Netflix a long time ago when I was hearing about how bad it was. So, uh, but I, I don't know how I came about it, but I, I actually did see it, and I realized it, I, was like, mm-hmm. I did see this movie. What the? Yeah. Hell? Really, this was a terrible movie. This is like Cold Tool, <laughs> <laughs> and they made a documentary about that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, this is uh, this has been great, Mark. I know it's it's late for you and it's late for me, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, it's not too too late for me, but it's it's later for you. And I appreciate it. And I uh, I hope we get to it again. I, I hope uh, people like it, and uh, uh, I hope uh, your guy gets you picked up on uh, on iTunes because that'll be easier uh, oh, yeah. easy way to listen to it. Really, um, it's 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 tough for me. Because I have an iPhone, so when I when I download, I get the link in Facebook, and I save the link, and then if I listen to it, if I keep it open or I keep the page at least on my phone, I can go back to it. But if I if I close out that page, then I have to kind of try to fast forward and figure out okay where was I at and and uh, and and that kind of stuff. So, but I I enjoy this. Um, most of the time today is just a bad day. Uh, but I, I, I really, really do enjoy doing it. And I hope we get to do uh, some more of these. Did you say, now have you got people slated for, uh, the later episodes or are we still, uh, you, if you want to come on for the next one, you're more than welcome. Uh, if you want to do uh five and six, that's you're more than welcome. Uh, okay. I, I'm not. And yeah, just, uh, just message me. Uh, Monday nights are good. Tuesday nights are, are okay. For me, um, usually, um, but as I said Monday and Tuesdays is really pretty good most of the time. All right. Uh, for me, if that's if that is what works for you, so. Yeah, well, whatever works for you is fine with me. Thank you for listening to Panels to Pixels. Uh, this is Mark Kirkman. Uh, that was Steve Brown. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you could actually contact us through our Facebook page, which is through Panels to Pixels. Or you could actually email us at panels2pixels1 at gmail.com. And you could leave any feedback you want. And uh, we'll actually read it. I have not received anything, but if we do, we will read it. And thank you, and thank you, Steve. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you again. Thank you. Good night. Good night.